Our second scripture reading comes to us from the Gospel according to John, chapter 6, verses 60 through 69. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? But Jesus, being aware that his disciples were complaining about it, said to them, Does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh is useless. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But among you are some who do not believe. For Jesus knew that from the first who were the ones that did not believe, and who was the one that would betray him. And he said, For this reason I have told you that no one could come to me unless it is granted by the Father. Because of this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer went about with him. So Jesus asked the twelve, Do you also wish to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom can we go? You have the words of eternal life. We've come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered in your name to worship you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Ten or fifteen years ago, I don't have the exact time, Christianity got all in an uproar over a work of fiction. I've never seen Christians argue and debate this much over a book of fiction. And so, of course, I had to read it. So I went out and got Dan Brown's The Da Vinci Code. You guys remember the debate well. And I was immediately a fan. I, I really enjoyed the, the page turning and the questioning. and the, I really liked it. And I've been a fan ever since. And his latest book was just released a couple of months ago. It was called The Origin. And I knew I didn't have time to read it because I was getting ready for my class and had a stack of books this big to read. So I got the audio version and I put it on my headphones and listened to it an hour at a time as I went to the gym and finished it on my drive back from Louisville. And of course it was Langdon Brown again, not Langdon Brown, Langdon, I'm forgetting the the main character's last name. Um, But he's appearing once again, just as he did in the Da Vinci Code and all the books since then. And he's at the Guggenheim Museum where one of his former students, Edwin Kirsch, who is a computer genius, who is a renowned atheist, is about to make a presentation which will shake the roots of the world. And his presentation is supposed to answer two questions. Where do we come from? And where are we going? And these are two I think we can all agree, big questions. Where do we come from and where are we going? 
And Langdon spends the, Robert Langdon, that's it. Langdon was his last name. That's where I was getting thrown. Robert Langdon spends the entire novel trying to answer these questions because, of course, Edwin is assassinated right before he can reveal the answer to these questions. And it reflects that we are all curious and we all want to know where did we come from and where are we going? And Edwin wanted to answer these from a scientific point of view. The church was represented, wanted to answer it from a religious point of view. But even from a religious point of view, it's not that easy to answer. We could say, well, we come from God and we return from God. In Jeremiah, Jeremiah says that God said, before God formed us in the womb, God knew us. And Jesus says, I go to my Father's home. There are many rooms and I will prepare one for you. We come from God and we return to God. But then when God is speaking to Adam and Eve today from our chapter in Genesis, He says, you are but dust and to dust you will return. In our reading from John, Jesus says, the flesh is cursed. It will not last. When we think about this, we are faced with our own mortality. That these bodies we inhabit are not eternal. These bodies will one day fail us. And these bodies will die. And they will return to dust. We don't like to think about that. We don't like to talk about it. It's not a pleasant topic to bring up during chat and chew when you're fighting over the last donut. It's not something you're going to share over a romantic Valentine's dinner. Hey, honey, I love you, but you're going to turn to dust one day. But it's a fact of life. In October, I'll celebrate 10 years as an ordained pastor. And during that time, I would estimate that I've officiated 30 to 50 funerals. And it's a constant reminder that we are mortal. But in one way, I'm blessed because of all those funerals, I've never had to officiate a funeral for someone younger than me. I don't know if I've ever officiated a funeral for anyone under the age of 60 until last year. It was a year ago today that my friend Scott Hauser was innovated. And as he was innovated, they knew that this was a Hail Mary. They knew that there was a good chance that he would never breathe on, on again. They knew there was a good chance that they were signing his death warrant. But they knew not to do it would certainly be signing his death warrant. And his wife spoke so eloquently of their last conversation. And one of the last questions she asked him is, who do you belong to? And he said, I belong to God. That is something we need to remember. That even when we're faced with our own mortality, We belong to God. When we say goodbye to someone who's younger, someone who's full of life, we're reminded of how fragile 
life is. Scott was only 37. As I was preparing this, my sermon and the PowerPoint and stuff this afternoon, uh, Yahoo alerts kept popping up in the bottom right-hand corner. There was a shooting in Florida. Six dead. Eight dead. And it was like a, a macabre ticker that just kept increasing, reminding me of these young people who had lost their lives. On Valentine's Day. On Ash Wednesday. And there was one haunting image I saw of a woman holding another woman as she cried, waiting to hear for a child. And the the woman holding the other woman had an ash cross on her head. And we're reminded of our own immortality. Ash Wednesday is one of the darker days of the year. Usually churches, yay, Jesus, we're going to have eternal life. We've got heaven. And today I'm like, you're all going to die. You're all ash. You're all going to return to ash. I am dust. I am going to return to dust. And there seems to be a separation there. But as Peter asks Jesus in our reading from John, When Jesus asked the disciples, are you too going to abandon me? Peter says, where else are we to go? If we are but dust and to dust we're going to return, where are we to turn? We turn to a God who is also made of dust and also returned to dust. We turn to a God who was also flesh and blood. A God whose body also failed him. We turn to Jesus, the Christ, who is God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. Whose body failed him on the cross. Who knew what it was like to be mortal. Who knew what it was like to have the fear of returning to dust. Remember, Jesus prayed, Lord, take this cup from me. The night before he was arrested. We worship a God who knows what it's like to be mortal. Who knows what it's like to suffer the pangs of death. We worship a God that we can identify with. Today is Ash Wednesday. It's the day that Jesus set his face towards Jerusalem. And it's the day that he started the journey that led him to that cross. And it's a day of reflection. It starts a journey of introspection, of examining ourselves in trying to be more Christ-like, in saying we worship a God that's mortal and immortal, and we are a people that are dust but promised eternal life. How can we be more Christ-like? Our reading from John, Christ says the, the flesh is fallible, but you are also spirit. And during the season of Lent, especially 
we remember our spiritual side. We remember that gift given from God that returns to God. We do through so prayer, through fasting, through almsgiving, and through the repentance of sins. And that's why we gather tonight. To remember that we are mortal. That our bodies are fallible. That we are but dust. We have the ashes put on our forehead as a sign of mourning. And be thankful it's only a cross. They used to pour ashes on each person's head. Because in the Bible, ashes are a sign of mourning. And we mourn our own mortality. We mourn our bodies composed of dust. But we do so looking towards the cross. Looking for towards the cross that redeems all. There is no life that is not touched by death. Every one of us have been touched by death, whether it's someone we love dearly, whether it was a neighbor, a friend, a brother, a sister, a parent, a child, whether it's someone we barely knew, maybe it was a co-worker, maybe someone we saw riding the bus every day. Every life is touched by death. But there is no death that cannot be redeemed by the love of Jesus Christ. And so we gather today. We gather and say, oh God, we are but dust. Oh God, we will die one day. It might be tomorrow. It might be 40 years from now but we are indeed mortal. But we worship a God who is mortal. We worship a God who is redeemed in death. And our death will be redeemed. And we will be made whole. So we have ash placed on our forehead to mourn our own mortality. We have ash placed on our forehead as a reminder that we are sinners and we fall short of God's glory. But we have it put on our head in the sign of a cross to remember that we are redeemed and that Christ's love conquers all. If you'll please join me in the litany of repentance. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. You desire truth in the inward being. Therefore, teach me wisdom in my secret heart. 
Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Friends, if you wish to receive the imposition of the ashes, if you wish to receive the reminder that we are mortal, that we are sinners, but at the same time we are also redeemed, I invite you to come forward up the center aisle now.